you're listening to Growing Matters, the podcast dedicated to providing you with all the information and research you need to improve your farm and business. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Series 2 of the Hort Innovation Podcast, Growing Matters. I'm your host, Farah, and on today's episode, we're talking about how our growers can use data and analytics to improve the way they run their business. With me in this studio, I'm joined by Hort Innovation's Head of Data and Insights, Adam Briggs, and from Nielsen, the Director of Analytics, Chanel Day. Adam, Chanel, welcome to the show. Thanks, Farah. Great to be here, Farah. Adam, I understand that Hort Innovation invests in a number of projects that collects data. Can you explain what is impact-driven data and how does it benefit our growers? Yeah, thanks, Farah. So data is extremely valuable for growers uh, and for the industry, uh, and it enables people to make more informed uh, and more objective decisions, um, which at the end of the day will help them become better at what they do. Uh, And the two major data projects that we invest in uh, on behalf of the growers relates to the Horticulture Statistics Handbook. And we also invest in a consumer insights uh, and research program, which is basically available through the Harvest to Home platform. The Hortstats Handbook uh, enables a wide perspective across 75 different uh, horticulture products, and it maps everything from the production of those products uh, through to the market channel that it's being, uh, I guess, expressed in. And we also take into account trade through uh, exports and imports of product. And that provides uh, growers with a fantastic perspective once over in terms of where their, where their industry is at and also where their product is at in terms of growth trends uh, and the composition of that product, whether it's primarily being exported, whether there's any imports to consider and what the overall market value of that product uh, is. The Nielsen uh, Harvest a Home tool uh, takes us to a, a more concentrated perspective of uh, the data through uh, considering the consumer Um, trends and insights that we are observing through uh, behavior and attitudes, uh, which the project collects. And that enables us to see uh, specifically what drives consumers in how they're making their decisions and gives growers a better understanding of the market dynamic and and opportunities to meet those needs and requirements a little bit better. So you mentioned the Hortstats Handbook. Why is this a resource so valuable? And what are some untapped applications of this that can support our growers? The value of the handbook is it profiles all of horticulture in one place. Over the years, given the diversity and the dynamic of horticulture with so many different products being produced you know, all over the country at different times of the year, it's been a real challenge to bring all of that together under one roof. So the handbook, through its methodology, consistently represents all of those products and aggregates them up to their respective, uh, I guess, sector totals, so across fruit, nuts, vegetables, and amenity. So Providing all of horticulture under one roof allows us to see consistent um, application of growth trends across the board and a really nice, uh, I guess, representation of, of the industry as a whole. Adam, how can our growers access this resource and is the resource easy to navigate? So the handbook's available on the, the Hort website uh, and it's free to access. Uh, and in fact, over the last um, three months, we've had three and a half thousand page views, which actually it's the most accessed resource uh, that we have uh, through the through the website, which again just just demonstrates the value proposition. And all content is broken down into four subgroups, if you like. So we have the information organised by the categories of fruit, vegetables, nuts, and amenity products. Uh, so that allows the user to, I guess, direct them to to the particular categories of interest. Uh, based based off what they're looking for. 
all the materials synthesized in a really easy to understand uh, way. So as I was talking to before, there was a lot of work going into the production of this uh, resource, but you know the way we the way we collate it together is done um, you know with the end user in mind, and we try to keep it as simple uh, as possible. And we also produce uh, some in the introduction section. We have some case studies and some resources to guide uh, people through the interpretation of of the numbers to to kind of set that out from the start. So, just out of curiosity, what sort of industries fit under the amenities category? So, amenities covers nursery, turf, and cut flowers, basically. So, only three products under there, but because of their unique nature, and they still are part of the horticulture family, so we take uh, account um, of those in that in that category. Chanel, Adam mentioned the Harvest to Home website that was developed to capture consumer behaviour. Can you tell us a little bit more about this resource and what it's designed to do? Absolutely. Harvest to Home is an online website that's uh, freely available to access that gives detailed information about 53 fruit, vegetable and nut products. So it gives growers the latest market performance across a whole range of produce items as well as how consumers are shopping over time. So essentially Harvest a Home is a fantastic resource for growers to understand better about how consumers are shopping. So if they want to understand things such as where consumers are shopping, what kind of packaging uh, formats they're buying, whether the price that they're paying is, is what consumers are, is resonating with consumers, Harvest a Home is a great resource to help growers um, understand their consumer. And as we all know, for growers to align their business with what consumers want is ultimately the best way to drive their business and have conversations with their retail partners. So Chanel, how is the data collected and what does it measure? Harvest to Home leverages the Nielsen HomeScan panel, which is the most robust and in-depth data set about fruit and vegetable purchasing here in Australia. So we have a household panel of 10,000 households across Australia who record all their take-home purchases across all of their grocery products, which includes fresh produce. So they have a handheld scanner at home or a mobile app to scan their purchases and they send that data back to Nielsen where we can analyse the data to give insights back to growers. So the panel's constructed um, in alignment with the Australian Bureau of Statistics census data. So what that essentially means is that our household represents all Australians, whether that's in city areas, rural areas, high-income households or low-income households or households of various sizes. So our panel really picks up the diversity of the Australian population. So in addition to the home scan data, we also collect attitudinal data from consumers. So every month we survey consumers about what they're purchasing or what they're not purchasing to try and understand more about why. So that's specifically for vegetables. There's 28 vegetables we collect this data on, and it helps us to understand what drove them to purchase particular things and what stopped them from purchasing particular things. And we build that into the analysis we do. Chanel, I understand you're writing case studies as part of the project. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what these case studies represent? Absolutely. There's a great depth of information on the Harvest Home website. So if growers want to drill in detail down about their specific categories, they can do that. But there's also a case study tab on the Harvest Home dashboard where the Nielsen team does the hard work for you and wraps those um, data and insights up into meaningful insights. So for example, did you know that Asian-born Australians actually represent 10% of all Australian households? Um, That's actually double the number it was um, 20 years ago. And what we've actually seen is we've looked at these consumers to see how they're shopping differently from the average Australian household. And there are a couple of really important differences. So the first one is that these households tend to shop in different types of channels. So they're more likely to shop in Asian grocers or green grocers and markets, whereas the average Australian household's more likely to shop more in major supermarkets. So that's a really important difference. They also buy different types of products as well. So probably not surprisingly, leafy Asian vegetables is something that ethnic households over-indexing or buy more of. 
but they also buy more mangoes, they buy more lychees, they buy more herbs as well. So that's a really important insight about the changing demographic of the Australian population and how that actually ultimately drives demand for certain types of products. But another interesting case study we did as well was looking at households of different affluence levels and how they shop differently for fresh produce. So what we found is that there are high affluence households who have got high disposable income and they actually buy more fresh produce than the average Australian household. They're driving growth in value-added and pre-packed formats. For example, um, salad kits and prepared vegetables, they have the disposable income to buy those types of items and that's really fueling growth in that area. However, there are lower income households as well that don't have the disposable income to spare. And we've actually found by looking at the data that these households don't buy nearly as much fruit and vegetables as the average Australian household. That's really important for growers to understand that there are different types of households in Australia and that they design their product range to cater to these different types of shoppers. Chanel, you made an interesting point there. Do we know why lower income households spend less on fresh fruit and vegetables? That's an excellent question, Farah. Um, There are a few reasons that are driving this trend and we've actually seen it change over time. So we've seen these lower income households actually reduce the amount that they're spending while the higher affluence households are increasing the amount. So this is a shift that's been happening over time. And as we all know, the cost of living has been increasing. Wages are relatively stagnant. So it's probably not a surprise that there are increasing numbers of households out there who who are struggling to put fresh, healthy foods on the table for their family. But we also know that from the attitudinal data that we've collected as part of the project, the biggest barrier for consumers actually buying more fruits and vegetables or buying them at all is actually their concerns about waste. So shoppers have bought product home in the past and perhaps not used it all, so they're disinclined to purchase it again, or they limit the amount that they're actually purchasing because they're concerned about wasting some when they get home. How have growers been using this information and what are the key benefits to using this data? So I'll pick up this issue of waste again. So we've just done a a case study on the fresh salad category. And what we found is that consumers are shifting increasingly away from medium-sized packs into larger packs and to smaller packs. So we wanted to understand why that is. So what we found is that 12 months ago, consumers were eating fresh salad about 9.6 times in a month, whereas now they're eating them about 10.3 times a month. So they're increasing the frequency with which they're eating fresh salad at home. Salad primarily is a dinner occasion. But consumers are now starting to add fresh salad into their lunch occasion as well, and that's driving that growth. So that's part of the reason why consumers are trading up to bigger packs. But we're also seeing the shift down to smaller packs, and this is where the waste issue comes in. For fresh salad in particular, consumers have called out concerns about waste as an issue. So these consumers are trading down to the smaller packs so they can consume their purchase either in one sitting or over a couple of sittings and waste less at home. That information is uh, phenomenal. Um, I'm surprised about the detail uh, that you can actually pull from some of these resources. Is there anything else you've you've discovered? We've discovered lots of really interesting insights about how consumers are shopping when it comes to fresh produce. Um, one of the key things that we really want to unlock is the understanding about why consumers don't eat more vegetables. So we know that Australian households consistently eat fewer vegetables and the recommended dietary intake. And if we can solve that problem, then that's going to be a great boom for growers. So firstly, what we know is that growers have really done a fantastic job at getting great quality products on shelf consistently throughout the year. Because when we're asking consumers about the reasons for not purchasing, quality and availability are not the reasons why they're not consuming more consistently. We also know, and this is surprising to me, that consumers have told us that it's not a lack of knowledge or the difficulty in preparing vegetables that are also a barrier for them not buying more. That was surprising to me. Of the 27 of the 28 vegetables um, that we asked consumers about, 
they actually said that waste was in the top two to three of issues that was the main barrier for them not purchasing more. But the other most important reason why consumers are not purchasing more vegetables is simply not liking them. So a lot of consumers actually told us that either they themselves or somebody in their family didn't like a particular vegetable and that was actually the primary driver for them not buying it at all. So consumers are really only consuming a fairly small repertoire of vegetables so they may only have three, four, five vegetables in their diet whereas we've got great diversity in the vegetables available to consumers. So the key question or the key barrier to unlock is how can we get consumers thinking vegetables are fantastic to eat, which they are, and how do we get them eating more and more over time? And that ultimately is going to really drive consumption in Australia, keep people healthier and keep growers' businesses also growing. Oh, that's great, Chanel. So Adam, where is the growth across the horticultural industry? We've been seeing the horticulture industry grow significantly over the last five years. In fact, over this time, we've seen the value increase by 40%, and the horticulture industry is now valued at $13.2 billion, which is, which is massive. And in fact, we're seeing the majority of this growth being driven by export demand. So overseas markets are increasingly demanding Australian horticulture on the basis of it being very high quality and also on the back of our clean and green, I guess, reputation, which is really encouraging for growers and demonstrates the, the continued uh, trajectory of the industry going forward. So what does the data forecast for the next 18 to 24 months? We're seeing continued and sustained demand and growth for horticulture, and that's being underpinned, as I've said before, by this export area and having more uh, markets open, available for growers to export to. So I suppose our growers are wanting to know how they can support greater accessibility in households for their fresh produce. How do we get families, especially children, to uh, take a liking to things like Brussels sprouts and kale? Well, the good news is, is that the market settings are really ripe for increasing the consumption of fruits and vegetables. People really do want to eat more healthy food and they're really trying to do that. And at the moment, we've got a generational shift with an increase in flexitarian, with younger households wanting to reduce the amount of meat in their diet and increasingly eat vegetables. So the time is really right for growers to achieve this. Certainly the most important thing, I think when I grew up, we were told to eat vegetables because they were healthy. It's not a highly motivating reason. But if you're told that eating vegetables are delicious and fun, that's a great way to get people experimenting with more types of vegetables and eating them more. And now is really the perfect time to try and achieve that with consumers. So Adam, what's Hort Innovation doing to support growers' understanding of shoppers? Hort Innovation invests levy dollars into the consumer alignment. Uh, I guess, strategic area of the vegetable fund. And this basically recognises the importance of understanding the market realities of Australians and, and more broadly. We can only take the productivity aspect of growing vegetables so far. There's no point growing more vegetables if we don't have a market in which to sell them. So this is the whole area that we are trying to improve our understanding and create solutions that meets this area. So Adam, what are some of the other projects Hort Innovation is investing in to support growers? Yeah, we have a project with the CSIRO, which is looking into understanding the triggers and barriers to the consumption of vegetables within children and developing a series of educational resources to support the dissemination of that finding in schools. We've also got a couple of other website resources. One of those is Vegucation, which profiles how to use and how to actually consume all of the different vegetables that you could list from A through to Z. We also have the Phenomenon resource, which produces a range of videos that feature different vegetables and looks at how children interact and engage with them and really just makes it fun for kids. So Chanel and Adam, with all the data collected, would you be able to track trends, just say if kids were to start liking Brussels sprouts, would that trend become apparent? It definitely would. We're tracking um, sales of a 
broad range of products, including Brussels sprouts. So we should see a spike in sales of Brussels sprouts if a lot of kids start eating them. That's great. Yeah. And furthermore, I guess we'd see that show up in the production volumes coming out of Brussels sprouts, if that's what we're interested in, and also the market value. So if we're seeing an increasing market value, we know that the market's wanting more of that product. I'm sure our growers will be pleased. So to wrap up, Adam and Chanel, what can we expect in the next iterations of these reports? So we're working on the new horticulture statistics handbook at the moment, which is going to profile data for the 18-19 financial year. We're looking to release that resource early 2020. And we're actually working on some really exciting enhancements to the handbook. We're looking to take it more into an online interface, which will allow users to have a more of an interactive engagement with the resource as opposed to having to scroll through the many pages, which is currently the case. So that's really, really going to increase the value of the resource. And for Harvest to Home, we have some upcoming case studies on capsicums, pumpkin and cucumbers. And we're also in the next six months hoping to get out into uh, regional areas to meet with growers directly to share some of the insights from the project. So please keep your eyes and ears open to hear when we'll be out to visit an area near you soon. Chanel and Adam, it's been great having you on the show, sharing your insights across consumer data and analytics and how it can support our growers. Before we wrap up, do you have any key takeaways for our listeners? The key takeout from my perspective is really how important it is for growers to understand shoppers and how they behave and what's really driving their behavior. Because ultimately aligning your business strategy, the products you produce and how you package them with what consumers want is the greatest way to have success in the future. Yeah. And just wrapping all of that together, check out the Hortstats handbook if you haven't already done so through our website to understand where your category sits within the broader horticulture industry. And to visit Harvest to Home, it's www.harvesttohome.net.au. Once again, thank you to our guests, Chanel and Adam. It's been great having you in the studio. If you'd like more information about anything you've heard on today's show, links to the resources will be posted in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Growing Matters. Don't forget to visit us over at horticulture.com.au and join our free membership. Get instant access to the very latest information available to help your farm and business grow.